Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is writing from Ephesus to the church in Corinth. Corinth was a very wicked city. Immorality was the order of the day. This sinful culture did not just stay outside of the church. No, it came back. It came inside. And throughout the first 14 chapters, Paul deals with all kinds of issues that are going on in the church at Corinth. He's gone back and forth, and now we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and it seems like he's saying, listen, let's just get back to the basics. Let's get back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is great wickedness in our day here in America. I'm afraid that uh, it's the same thing here, that many times the wickedness doesn't just stay outside the church. No, it creeps back in. And God has not called uh, the church to be a thermometer, but to be a thermostat. To not just go with the status quo, but to, uh, to, be, to set the example. And so often we compare our Christianity with other uh, American Christianity when God has called us to compare our Christianity to biblical Christianity. So here this morning, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll begin in verse number 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You're yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thank you, Lord, that your word stands, that there are those that have sought to destroy it, to defy it, but Lord, your word stands. We thank you for the word of God. Lord, some folks in this world would love to just have a page of the Scriptures. And yet most of us here in this room tonight, today, have the full Bible. Lord, we thank you. We are so blessed. Lord, thank you for the songs we're able to sing just a few moments ago, the truths that we were able to proclaim. Lord, thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, you have not gathered us here in this place this morning by accident. Lord, we're all here today for a specific purpose. I pray, Lord, that you would use this time that we have together to draw us nearer nearer to you. I ask that you would exalt yourself, that you would be lifted up. I pray that if there's any here that does not know thee as Savior, that you would show them that they're condemned already and that they need, they're in a desperate need of the saving uh, life of Christ. I pray, Lord, that eternity would be impacted Lord, that this day would not be uh, wood, hay, and stubble, but that it would be gold, silver, and precious stones for your honor, for your glory. 
we ask in Christ's name. Amen. The title of the message this morning is, If There Be No Resurrection. If There Be No Resurrection. There are people today that deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They deny the Bible. There was a man I was listening to some years ago by the name of Bart Ehrman. He's a liberal scholar and an atheist, but he teaches the New Testament theology class out of the University of North Carolina. He wrote a book entitled Jesus Interrupted, Revealing the Hidden Contradictions of the Bible and Why We Didn't Know About Them Until Now. Uh, It seems like he has the corner of truth. Uh, He understands all of these things and how he does not believe that Jesus is God. He does not believe in the resurrection of Christ. Proverbs 14, 12, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There are those that are very sincere in their beliefs, but their beliefs, uh, apart from the Scriptures, are wrong. And they uh, have the ways of death. Now, some people uh, uh, don't believe that there is a God. They, we call them atheists. The etymology or the breakdown of that word is odd, no, and theist, God. So, in essence, you're saying no, God. Uh, I'm saying no to you, God. I remember talking to an atheist some years ago, and, and I said, if you're right and I'm wrong, uh, I haven't lost much. But if you're wrong and the Bible's right, you've lost it all. You're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. Now, people hate Jesus Christ. There is an underlying disdain for the name of Jesus Christ. I believe one of the reasons of that is because of the resurrection. Now, if he were just a dead God, uh, you don't hear uh, people, uh, when they use a name in vain, you don't, you don't hear, oh, my Muhammad. Uh, you don't hear, oh, my Buddha. Now, I have been tempted uh, in times past when I've worked secular jobs to say that uh, at some point, but I've never done it. Uh, but if, if he were dead, it wouldn't matter. Uh, but Jesus Christ is alive. Death takes no prisoners. He carries a black flag. He digs a trench across the hemispheres and fills it with the carcasses of nations. No one can conquer death. Ten out of ten people die. Uh, Ted Williams, who was a Hall of Fame baseball player, he has his, uh, his corpse frozen in Arizona. He instructed his family, if there ever is a cure for death, let, you know, let me know, you know put, it, put, put me through it so I can live again. And he's, again, there's, well, there's a way which seemeth right, O oh man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now what you put your faith in matters. What you put your faith, your trust in with eternal life or eternal death matters. John 14, 5 says, uh, uh, Thomas says, how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. There are those that deny the resurrection, They deny the Bible was inspired by God, and they believe that it was written by men. John Wesley said, The Bible must be the invention of either good men or angels, bad men or devils, or of God. It's got to be one of those three. He said, number one, it could not be the invention of good men or angels, for they would neither or nor could make a book and then tell lies all the time while they're writing, saying, Thus saith the Lord, when it was their own invention. Number two, he said, it could not be the invention of bad men or devils, for they would not make a book which commands all duty, forbids all sin, condemns their souls 
to hell for all eternity. Therefore, number three, I draw this conclusion that the Bible must be given by divine inspiration. 2, Corinthians, or 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. There was opposition in our day. There's opposition in the days of the Apostle Paul. We see here in verse number 12, Now if Christ be preached that he raised from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now the, there was a religious sect called the Sadducees that did not believe in the resurrection. Someone said that's why they were sad, you see, because uh, they didn't believe in the resurrection of the body. The resurrection proves Christ. And as he goes through this passage that we just read, it's a logical conclusion. conclusion. Uh, there's, uh, if there's no resurrection, verse number uh, 14 says that our preaching is vain. Uh, if there's no resurrection, then we're liars. Verse 15, if there is no resurrection, then our faith is in vain then we still have all of our sins. If there's no resurrection, then those that have, have gone on before us, the new Christ, are, are just dead. They're perished. There is no heaven. And he says and, uh, and concludes in verse number 19, if in this life we have hope in Christ, in a dead Christ, we're of all men most miserable. So people of the Bible times denied the resurrection of Christ. People of our time do the same. But Satan hates this mighty doctrine. Satan hates the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, in relation to the devil, it seals his, his doom forever. Hebrews 2 and verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. He is a defeated foe. Jesus Christ is the king of all kings. He has conquered the devil. Revelation 20 and verse 10, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's his future. It's guaranteed. It seals his doom forever. But if there is no resurrection then truly we are a people that are most miserable. You recall the, the final moments there on the cross and, and all the crucifixion and things that he went through. We were staying with a family this week uh, there in the Kansas City area who had been to Israel some years ago. We were talking about the, the blessingness, the blessed, uh, all of the things we're able to experience in Israel. And one of the things we talked about was the empty tomb. But to go through uh, the uh, Golgotha, to see the place of the skull, to think about through his, his, all of the crucifixion of what Christ went through for us. He's on the cross. He's been betrayed by Judas. He's been denied by Peter. He's forsaken by his followers. He has been beaten and tortured beyond recognition more than any other man. And then he cries out that last time, it is finished. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He gives up the ghost. The followers are devastated. All hope seems gone. They thought that he was going to reign as king over all. 
They thought that this was the time the Messiah is here. He's come. Uh, we're, we, we now no longer have to, to be under the Roman impression and so on. He's, he's going to come here and conquer everything, but he dies. He gives up his ghost and his body becomes lifeless. They lower the cross and began to take his body off the cross. They undo the nails upon his hands and his feet. They wrap his body in that burial gown. They take him to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb and they place his body there. You see, in this tomb lies the body of a man named Jesus of Nazareth, the one who is called the Christ, the body of a man who claimed to be the great I Am of the Old Testament, the body of a man who said that all things were made by him, the body of one who was to restore the kingdom of David, the, one who, the body of one who, de, who prophesied, destroy this temple in three days, and I will raise it again. Of course, speaking of his body. The body of a man who seemed to hold super spiritual powers to raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out demons. The body of a man who said to his disciples, after the resurrection, meet me in Galilee. The body of a man who was transfigured before three and before three were told to not say anything until after his resurrection. The body of a man who said, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. The body of a man who said, I and my father are one. Were they right when they mocked him when he was on the cross? He saved others. He himself he cannot save. You see, if there is no resurrection, then we are of all men most miserable. We gather in a room for a service that has no purpose. If there is no resurrection, then we can just shut off the lights today. We can close the doors. If there is no resurrection, then we can stop taking care of, of the grounds here. If there is no resurrection, we can stop studying for Sunday school classes. Stop the ministries that we're involved in now. We can immerse ourselves in the things of this world. We can stop being concerned about eternity's values. If there is no resurrection, then let's stop soul winning. Let's stop ordering tracks. Matter of fact, all the tracks back there, let's just throw them away. If there is no resurrection. If there is no resurrection, we can stop the nursery because there's no message important enough for the children's parents to hear. If there is no resurrection, don't be concerned about your lost coworkers, neighbors, and family members. If there is no resurrection, then we can forget about the millions of people across this world that need the gospel of Christ. We can cut off all mission support. We can take down our mission's flags. We can stop supporting the missionaries if there is no resurrection because all of their living, all of their work, all of their effort is in vain. We can stop giving money to the offer and the offering plate. Stop giving uh, to the church. Pastor can stop studying for messages because there is, if there is no resurrection, you know, we can stop praying for our pastor and stop uh, helping him and supporting him. We can stop singing the songs of Zion if there is no resurrection. We can stop preaching the word of God if there is no resurrection. You see, if there is no resurrection, all gospel preaching that has been, that is going on right now, and that will go on, is utterly and completely useless. All past, future, and, uh, and present faith is futile. All preachers are become notorious liars. All living Christians are still in their sins. 
All other Christians are in hell today if there is no resurrection. All reason and purpose for life itself is destroyed. The time spent in prayer for people of, uh, who've been sick or for the lost have been wasted, useless, and of no value. If there is no resurrection, then the Bible is not our final authority. If there is no resurrection, Christ is still dead. Atheists have triumphed over Christians. The agnostics have, tra- have travailed over the believers. The world has subdued the church if there be no resurrection. We will still be in our sin, hopelessly lost. We will still owe the debt of sin, which is hell. For Christ, to, for Christ died to save us from hell. If there be no resurrection, then the devil won. If there be no resurrection, evil has conquered good. Demons have beaten angels. Hell has conquered heaven. Eternal death has been victorious over eternal life. Satan has won. Christ has lost if there is no resurrection. Oh, I can imagine that day when Christ died upon the cross and and, uh, uh, Satan coming to demon death and saying, do you have him? Do you have him? And he uh, says, yes, yes, I've got him. I've got him. And then a day passes and it comes to day number two and Satan goes to demon death. He says, do you still have him? He says, I got John the Baptist, didn't I, trying to reassure himself. I still have him. There was only two that got away and he's not going to get away, referring to those of the Old Testament. And then the third day, Satan comes to demon death and say, do you still have him? And he says, I still have him. I still, I still, and Christ begins to, to rise from the dead. He says, I still, he says, I can't hold him any longer. And Jesus Christ conquered death and rose again that third day. You see, glory to God, there is a resurrection. We see in verse number 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. You see, death could not keep his prey. Jesus, my Savior. He tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. You see, there is an empty tomb. There is a risen Savior. As sure as I'm standing here today, Jesus conquered death. As sure as you're listening to me today, Jesus is victorious over the grave. As sure as the sun sets, arises in the east and sets in the west, Christ is risen. Death kept him the first day, but corruption never showed up. Death kept him the second day, but corruption never showed up. But on the third day, the grave could not hold. Death could not keep him, and he rose a victor or the dark domain. Since there is a resurrection, God wins. Since there is a resurrection, I'm on the winning side. Since there is a resurrection, if you're saved today, you're on the winning side too. Since there is a resurrection, Romans 8 is true, and we are more than conquerors. Since there is a resurrection, thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. We may feel oppression this side of glory. We may have no money this side of Beulah Land. We may face obstacles this side of Zion's Hill. But this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Why? Because Jesus Christ gets the final victory. 
Since there is a resurrection, the Bible is the infallible and errant word of God. Just like the Bible said in Isaiah 7, 14, that a virgin will be with child, so a virgin was with child in Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 23. Just as the Bible said in Psalm 22 that Christ would be crucified, hung as a public spectacle, the gospel accounts this to be true. Just like Zechariah 12 said that his hands and his feet would be pierced, the gospel tells us that he was pierced. Just like in Isaiah 53 that he said he would bear our griefs, the New Testament says it is so. Therefore, the Bible is infallible. God said it, and it was so. This is the word of God. Since there is a resurrection, the money that you put in to missions can matter to someone for all eternity. The track that you hand out to somebody could change their eternal destination. Since there is a resurrection, the spread of the gospel is the greatest of all messages. The preaching of the gospel is, to, is foolishness to them that perish. Since there is a resurrection, we have a Savior that is alive and well, a high priest who knows our infirmities, an advocate defending our case, a joint heir uh, providing us an inheritance, a, a chief cornerstone building us a mansion, an intercessor translating our prayers, a friend who sticks closer than a brother, a Savior who purchased our redemption, a lily of the valley to cheer up our day. The bread of life to sustain us as we go. The great I am to help us become what we're supposed to be. Why? Because there is a resurrection. Since there is a resurrection, I'm expecting a rapture of the believers, a judgment seat of Christ, a marriage supper of the Lamb, a tribulation of the lost, a glorious second coming of Christ, a complete victory at Armageddon, a millennial reign of Christ, a great white throne of judgment, and a new Jerusalem descending from heaven, since there is a resurrection. We look here in our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you are saved and wherein you stand, but which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, how that I also received which I also received how Christ, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the 12. And that after, after that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Even the disciples doubted the resurrection of Christ. Thomas had that doubting Thomas. He says, if I, I'm going to have to feel him. I'm going to have to see him for myself uh, to, to really believe that he rose again. The disciples didn't have great faith to, to believe that Christ had, had, had risen from the, the grave. Now they sealed the tomb and put the Roman guards there, but it wasn't because of, uh, to keep Christ in. Uh, the Christ, they removed that, that great stone. It was so that we could look in and see that there was an empty tomb. Our Lord appeared no less than 17 times after his resurrection. Someone said the best evidence that Jesus was actually risen is that all these, against their stubborn unbelief, were convinced and had to believe that Jesus was alive from the dead. All these disciples had to, to, to believe that Christ had risen from the dead. Hebrews 1, 11 verse 1 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse number six, but without faith, it's impossible to him to, to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John, the apostles, they did not remember that he was going to rise again that third day. The two disciples on the Emmaus Road uh, didn't realize that they were speaking to the risen Christ. Thomas, he wanted to see and believe, and Christ told him, blessed are they who have not seen, but believe. The, the resurrection of Christ proved his deity, that he is God. He is the King of kings and, all, and Lord of lords. Curtis Hudson said, the resurrection of Jesus distinguishes and makes Christianity superior to all other religions of the world. Someone rightly said, Christianity begins where all other religions end, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All other religions of the world can point to a founder, they can point to a founder's grave, but there is no religion other than Christianity that can point to an empty tomb and say, our founder was buried there, and on the third day he came out of the tomb. It wasn't his miracles that proved that he was God. Other prophets had done miracles. God had done that through them. But it was his resurrection that proved that Jesus Christ is God. Matthew 16, 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. The resurrection is proof of Christ's deity. Every prophecy about his death and resurrection were fulfilled. And one cannot be saved unless they believe that Jesus Christ is God. Since there is a resurrection, there is no reason for anybody to go to hell. Since there is a resurrection, souls can be saved. Revelation 1 and verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and death. The, we see the promise of the resurrection, that someday we're going to live and, and rule and reign with him. Now, you need, uh, you need Christ in order to be saved. Uh, I think of uh, a time when I was in Fernley, Nevada, and I was talking to a man that, uh, after the service, and he had never been to church before in his life. And I said, if you were to die today, are you sure you'd go to heaven? He says, no. Uh, he says, I, you know, I don't know anything about the Bible. I said, would you like to talk? I said, he says, yes, I would. And, and I then took him into his, into pastor's office and, and I said, uh, now what do you know about the Bible? And he says, not much. I said, have you ever heard of Adam and Eve? He says, nope. And so I began to tell the creation, creation story and then go to Adam and Eve and how that Christ was even foretold back in Genesis chapter three and verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Christ is all throughout the scriptures. The Bible is about the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the one that was foretold in Isaiah 53, and that was going to bear our sins. Verse number six, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Ab and Eve sinned, and because Adam sinned, death has passed upon all of us, for all have sinned. We've all broken God's commandments. We've all sinned against God. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. 
death, uh, this wage is an earning, and because of our sin, we have earned death. Uh, that is the payment of sin, is death. Jesus Christ paid the price for your sins and mine upon the cross. He took all of your sin upon himself. He took all of your bitterness, all of my anger, all of your lust, all of my fears. He took on all of the sins we've ever committed or will commit upon himself, and he paid the price for our sins by dying upon that cross. 1 Peter 2, 24 who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live into righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Someone said the only man-made thing in heaven is going to be those nail prints of Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. why did God do this? Why did he go through the, the agonies of, of the crucifixion? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves you so much, you're so valuable to him that he sent his son to die upon the cross for your sins and for mine. Romans 8, 5, 8. But God commendeth, he shows his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He paid that price for your sins and for mine. Christ satisfied the atonement. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, there's no more working for our salvation. For by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's no amount of good deeds that can take you to heaven. You have to be absolutely perfect. And the only one that is absolutely perfect, that lived a sinless life, was Jesus Christ. And the only way you and I can go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. John 3, 36, He that believeth on him hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. This week that we were in uh, uh, Missouri, and every night we heard different testimonies from some of the church members of how they came to know Christ as their Savior. And, and though there are different aspects in each of those testimonies, there's one way that they all came to know Christ as their Savior, and that is they, <clears throat> they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. Romans 10, 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Have you ever repented of your sin of unbelief and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? The resurrection of Jesus Christ was an assurance that God was fully satisfied with the payment Jesus made for our sins. He was buried, but he rose again, conquering the grave, conquering sin, uh, and we can have eternal life through him. Someone said the resurrection was God's receipt for Calvary. Christ died to discharge our heavy debt of sin, and that all claims are now fully met is evident by his triumph over man's last enemy, and that is death. We as Christians, we're going to uh, live uh, for all eternity. Uh, we have that eternal life through Christ. It's a guarantee uh, of our justification. Romans 4.25, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. What does the resurrection do for us who know Christ as our Savior? Well, it's a guarantee for present day power and strength. We can walk in obedience to God. We can walk in victory over sin. We can be faithful. 
we can say no to sin and yes to the Savior. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Of course, we have an enemy, the devil. John 10.10, he has a will for your life. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal. He wants to to destroy you. That's his plan uh, for your life. What's God's plan? I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We have present day power and strength to live this Christian life. This, uh, the, uh, the results of the resur- resurrection for the believer is a guarantee of fruitful labor. It's a guarantee of our own resurrection. Uh, Romans 8 verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the body dwell uh, from, the, from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Our resurrection depended upon his resurrection. Now, in relation to the sinner, it rewards him of the coming judgment. Someday, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is going to come a point where you're going to die and you're going to be in a place called hell. Luke 16 talks about that. And then there's going to be a great white throne of judgment. And then you'll be cast forever into the lake of fire. And there is no hope. There is no exits in hell. And so uh, it, it seals uh, the, uh, the doom uh, forever. And once when you die, there's no more opportunity. I think of when, uh, when uh, 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 Noah was building the ark and he was warning those of the judgment that was to come. That, there, that God was going to destroy this earth. And he preached that righteousness and preached that judgment to come, but they did not listen. Noah saved his, his family, saved his house, and, and, then, uh, and then I can just imagine as the, the rains came down and the, and the floods were, were coming, I, I can imagine that there were those that were pounding on the door of that ark, pounding on it saying, Noah, let us in, Noah, let us in, open the door, Noah, open the door. But it wasn't Noah that shut the door, God did. And someday, God's going to shut the door on your, on your life. Someday, there's, you won't have another opportunity to come to know Christ as your Savior. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Do you know him? Do you know if you died today that you'd go to heaven? Do you know if your sins are forgiven? You can today. Acts 20, verse 7. In relation to the Sabbath, it transfers our worship day from Saturday to Sunday. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. Now, I'm not going to go until midnight tonight, all right? Uh, but he continued. It was the first day of the week. Now, every Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think of the symbol of the resurrection and baptism. Romans 6, 4, and 5. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we, if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. The, the symbol of our salvation, that we were dead to sins, that we were buried, but then because of Christ, we are raised to walk in newness of life. It's a symbol of our salvation. Those uh, early historians told of the apostles' death. The the apostles died the following martyr's death. Peter was crucified upside down. Andrew was crucified. James, the son of Zebedee, was killed by the sword. 
John died a natural death, although he was persecuted and exiled. Philip was crucified. Bartholomew was crucified. Thomas was thrust, thrust through with a spear. Matthew was killed by the sword. James, the son of Alphaeus, was crucified. Thaddeus was killed by arrows. Simon the zealot was crucified. And Paul was beheaded. This is who those that, that followed Christ, that saw the risen Christ, this is how they died. Michael Green said the resurrection was the belief that turned heartbroken followers of a crucified rabbi into courageous witnesses and martyrs of the early church. There was one belief that separated the followers of Jesus from the Jews and turned them into a community of the resurrection. You can imprison them. You could flog them. You could kill them. But you could not make them deny their conviction that on the third day, Jesus Christ rose again. Since there is a resurrection, let's keep the lights on. Since there is a resurrection, let's keep taking care of the grounds. Since there is a resurrection, let's keep studying for the Sunday school classes. Since there is a resurrection, let's keep doing the ministries that we're doing now. Since there is a resurrection, then let's separate ourselves from the things of this world. Since there is a resurrection, let's live unto God holy lives. Since there is a resurrection, let's be concerned about eternity's values. Let's keep uh, soul winning. Let's keep ordering tracks. Let's keep uh, passing them out because it could matter to somebody for their eternal destination. Since there is a resurrection, let's keep having the nursery because there is a message important enough for those children's parents to hear. Since there is a resurrection, be concerned for your lost family members, your co-workers and neighbors. Since there is a resurrection, then let's keep supporting our missionaries. Let's keep being mindful of them as we fly their flags in this auditorium. Let's keep supporting missions. Uh, let's keep encouraging our missionaries since there is a resurrection. Let's keep giving money uh, to the church and tithes and offerings. Since there is a resurrection, our sins can be forgiven. Since there is a resurrection, a uh, pastor can keep studying for messages. Once when he gets healthy, uh, he can keep studying for messages. Since there is a resurrection, let's keep singing the songs of Zion. Since there is a resurrection, let's keep praying for our pastor. Since there is a resurrection, let's keep preaching the word of God. Let's be about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, what's the conclusion of it all? Go to verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be, all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. What should the resurrection do? Paul concludes it there in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.